Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I've Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And welcome, welcome, welcome. Oh my God, that's my grandmother right there, y'all. Oh, really? My, my, yes. I, I just sounded just like my uh, Mama Joyce is what we called her. And she is one of those that would repeat words like two or three, like three times in a row. Mm. Hello, hello, hello. Love you, love you, love you. So when Aww. I just did that, it just had a moment. <laughs> oh, wow. Sweet. Anyway, happy Monday. I just had it was such a pleasant memory. Yeah, uh, just listening nice. to myself that, that I'm like, oh, I miss my grandmother. She was a good one. Mm-hmm. But we're not talking about grandmothers, but we are yeah. talking about generational stuff. So. It's not too off. I have a very giant questions for everyone. So it's not just for you, Annie. Okay. Do you ever feel like you need to shrink in order to be accepted? Feel panic when you think about showing your true self? Yeah, I feel like I'm an infomercial right now. Feel (laughs) as if you're not good enough or that you are too much. Feel uncomfortable in your own skin. But when you think back on your childhood, you would say, hey, I had a pretty relatively normal life, whatever that is. I don't know why I'm I'm thinking this way. I don't know why I'm panicked all the time. Well, maybe you are suffering from something called patriarchy stress disorder or PSD. And yes, we kind of hinted at it at the last Monday Mini, Mm -hmm. if you happen to be listening to this chronologically, that there is something termed patriarchy stress disorder. Annie, have you ever heard of this? I had never heard of it until you brought it up, no, but I immediately was like, I think I know what this is. (laughs) (laughs) I think I have a good idea of what it is. (laughs) Well, according to Dr. Valerie Rain, who is the one to coin and uh, start this term, it is a type of trauma that has intergenerational, collective, and personal, um, and quote, the invisible inner barrier to women's happiness and fulfillment. Dr. Rain is a psychologist and women's mental health expert who, after experiencing stroke-like symptoms, had an epiphany in what was happening in her life and the life of many of her clients who spoke of this overwhelming stress and trauma-like experiences, said, quote, I understood that trauma was a root cause of anxiety, depression, stress, relationship, money, and most health issues, even if, and especially if, a person did not think they had any trauma. And she spoke of this as her method of helping her clients break through their trauma response, even though they may not feel that they have had any traumatic experiences in their lives. Right. So what we're talking about is, again, people who kind of compare their lives to everyone else, but Mm -hmm. all of a sudden feel that same anxiety and that feeling of, I guess, just low self-esteem for the lack of better terms, and that's putting it too simply, uh, and trying to figure out why they experience this way. And even in relationships or in businesses or in their own work, they don't have the strength to stand up for themselves. But Everything about their childhood would be like, oh, yeah, I had a perfectly good childhood. My mom was loving. My dad was encouraging. And I yet I still feel like I can't push forward or that I need to turn myself down and or hold back. And so uh, Rain speaks of finding this missing link between trauma and the effects that the patriarchal power structures have had on certain groups of people all through history up until the present day. So when we're talking about PSD or when she's talking about PSD, she's talking about it as a generational thing. And again, we're going to talk a little more into this, but how it does kind of get passed on from generation to generation as a way of response. So we could also talk about this as just the overall patriarchal 
idea of what women should be like in society. So it's not just the fact that we thought that we should act this way, but the stressors of being told that's how we should act and trying to become that if that makes sense. And Mm -hmm. to take it further, she speaks of this as being things or experiences, again, generational. And, quote, that what she and all women have been experiencing is intergenerational trauma as a result of oppressed formed under the patriarchy. So that's a really big umbrella. And I feel like, yeah, people are going to get ready to fight. (laughs) Because, again, one of the arguments about this uh, specific term is that it's victim-blaming. And that mm. it's kind of like, oh, woe is me. The patriarch is pushing me down, so I feel stressed and traumatized. Mm-hmm. And then we'll come back to that just in a minute. But yeah, that's kind of one of those conversations. And to, again, further explain, one article states, quote, while PSD is not experienced by one particular gender, as women who have been one of the most historically disadvantaged and oppressed groups, we have inherited survival instructions that express themselves differently for different women. For some women, this means their nervous system frees when faced with something that has been historically dangerous for women, such as stepping into their power, speaking out, being visible, or making a lot of money. Then there are women who go into fight or flight mode. Although they are able to stand in the spotlight, they pay a high price for it when their nervous system begins to work in a constant state of hypervigilance in order to keep them safe. So I I think that's a really good explanation of what this looks like. And yeah, I've definitely felt that way. For me, I'm definitely a fight or flight. So I've always laughed about the fact that I'm not a fast runner. So my my immediate response is, I'm going to punch you in the face if I feel like that you're coming at me because I know mm-hmm. that I'm not going to be fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> right. And that's kind of that thing. I'm always ready to fight. I'm always ready to stand up for myself. But if I can, I'm going to be passive until you push me. Mm-hmm. You know. And I'm like, okay, to be fair, Annie, when you and I talk about trauma, we've definitely experienced other types of trauma that helped configure this response. But I know there's a lot of people out there who would say, though they haven't gone through similar traumatic experiences, they still feel this way. Yes. Right? Yes. I think we could expound on this at length because generally for me, I will say that it's hard when you're raised in a society or a system to realize the issues with it until you get older. So for me, I know I've spoken about it before, but I remember having this moment of like, oh, I'm so stressed when I would step outside because it feels like a performance and it does feel like my safety is not not a guarantee right. or that even just I'll encounter catcalls or all the decisions that we make of like uh, holding the keys in case someone attacks. Or for me, like I don't listen to music sometimes, but I have my headphones in because I don't want to be bothered, but I also want to be able to hear in case right. someone's coming. Like all those decisions that take up your brain space. And when you stop and think about, I am considering with each of these decisions, my life. Like, I don't, I'm literally like every time I step outside, don't feel safe. And that's exhausting, but you don't, you get used to it. And for a lot of us, I don't want to speak for everyone, but I think for a lot of us, we don't even realize that we're doing that until you get older and that you have been dealing with all these stressors and making all these choices of like, well, I can't, I have to stay quiet or this could escalate to violence or all these things. And from such a young age, things like, uh, you know, I'm probably going to see a guy masturbate or like all these 
that are just part of our existence. And to me, of course, that's stressful. And of course, that makes sense. It's traumatizing to have to face that. But it's such a accepted and constant trauma in our lives that it makes sense to me that people would be like, well, no, but I haven't. I don't have XYZ sexual right. assault experience or whatever. It's still a very exhausting and um, <laughs> frankly traumatizing experience a lot of times. Right. And I think on top of that, and the reason they say it's not just specific to gender, is because that same level of patriarchy does affect men, whether it's a push to make them more masculine or to be a lead and being taunted if they're not a part of that lead or not what the society expects as masculine. And of course, mm-hmm. we talked about what toxic masculinity is and why it's such a bad thing and then why it exists. And now that whole cultural expectation of being a leader and who that's supposed to be. And if Mm -hmm. you fail to that, what does that make you? That stress and trauma is a whole different level. So yeah, just like in anything else, this can affect men as well. So I think it's interesting that she talks about this. And on overall, I think we've all known this existed, whether we want to admit it or not. We just didn't have a name for it. And now that she's having a name for it, she's coming around and having this conversation about what does this look like? Mm -hmm. And how do we treat it? And how do we come at it in a way of not just going through uh, the symptoms, but going to the root? She does have a book called Patriarchy Stress Disorder, The Invisible Inner Barrier to Women's Happiness and Fulfillment. Um, And it's available anywhere and you can find it. Now, go ahead and put this caveat here. We have not read this. I have not (laughs) read this. I have read columns. I've read her site. I've read her bio. So I'm not necessarily endorsing it, but we're just saying if you want to know the source, this is where it came from. And if you want to read more on it, this is where to go. Um, apparently, she also offers uh, different types of help books, I guess, which she talks about going through uh, breaking out of jail, which is the whole patriarchal mindset mm. and coming through a breakthrough. So again, haven't read that part. We haven't seen it. But we just found this conversation and what this was fascinating and wanted to kind of at least bring a small spotlight to it and have a bigger discussion on what it is. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, Samantha, I do think a lot of people will recognize this. And I don't know if I ever, (laughs) as often I often do, I don't know if I ever arrived at the point I was trying to make is that I think because we don't recognize this until we get older a lot of times, when it comes to like the victim blaming of, oh, it's the patriarchy, I think a lot of times by the time you realize the damage has been done, the damage has been done. Like you're older. Right. And you have, like for me, I, you know, as I've said a lot, I dropped out of calculus. I I didn't do a lot of things because I thought that I couldn't do them. And then when you're talking about, like if you feel that expectation of I'm the only woman or one of the few women and I have to, I have these higher standards to live up to, like that and failing in that or feeling like you failed in that and having that double standard, that's also very, very exhausting and of course could shut you down completely. And when we're talking about like mental health and and burnout, I just, it does make sense to me. And, uh, And then further, like if you add any other intersection of like race or LGBTQ+, um, all of those things, it just compounds. But I, I, uh, yeah, like I said at the top, when you said this, I'm like, I know what this is. I know what this is. Right. Yeah, because we've experienced it. Right. It makes sense. You're like, yeah, oh yeah, 
Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And just a reminder, we're not psychologists, nor do we work in that field specifically. (laughs) We don't treat people. But I think this being a fairly new concept and having so many people talking, it's important that we talk about it as well. And again, naming something is sometimes really nice because you're like, oh, oh, yeah. 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 It's like, oh, yeah, I'm not the only one experiencing it. And I remember that being a big point of conversation a few years back, and it's still ongoing of, and this is a much bigger topic for later, but basically kind of asking this question of like, why are people who seemingly had these healthy, quote, normal childhoods experiencing these high rates of like, not even depression, but you know, yeah, like anxiety or it's right. something, just feeling so stressed and not really having a reason to pinpoint it. And it did kind of confuse a lot of health professionals at the time of not knowing for sure why on paper this person shouldn't be experiencing that, but they are. Right. right. And she talks about that with her own experience, as we talked about earlier when she had that stroke-like uh, experience and went to the ER and feeling like when she came to the ER that she could actually breathe because she wasn't working. And mm-hmm. she was talking about how she was at the high point of her career, but still had that panic attack. Then mm-hmm. and shocked her to not realize, oh, I've gone through all this traumatic stuff as well. And because I'm constantly in fight mode, right? I am constantly stressed. And then having to break down about why when she has her own time with her clients, being able to do treatment with them because she treats them for traumatic experiences, even though mm-hmm. they may not have them. So it's kind of this whole underlying thing. And, and you and I have talked about this before, and I've talked about it many times where in my past job, I could never get to the old, old trauma because I was right. experiencing new trauma. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we had to go through that first to go to right. the old. Right. Yeah, I kind of had a similar thing. And I think that you can get used to feeling that way. Like you can get used to this kind of, it's hard to describe for... Well, I've tried to describe it before to other people, but it feels to me like I'm like operating on this level where if I stop, then now I'm going to have to take in like all of these feelings I don't want to take in. So right. I just keep going, going, going. And if I'm ever forced to stop, then it is a moment of like, wow, what am I... I'm constantly on this level that is just exhausting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And when I stop, I don't, I don't know what to do. And I kind of like, I'm a freezer. I freeze when I'm <laughs> stressed right. or panicked. But I've talked to friends about, about this kind of thing where they, and we've, talk, we've said before, you know, the comparison game is a game you don't want to play. Um, like you should definitely keep in mind things. Right. But it doesn't help other than context to like compare your suffering to someone else's. And I've had friends say, like, I, I don't feel like I have any right or reason to feel the way I do. And I always tell them, like, your feelings are legitimate and valid. And I mean, just existing in this world and in this structure and kind of having constant reminders of, to me, and this is very personal, but to me, it's like constant reminders of, like, lesser or... Like your safety is not important or you're not good enough, which mm-hmm. does, it does hurt. It hurts like on a personal right. level and it is traumatizing. And I know like I'm coming from a real space of privilege, but it, it, I still feel it and it makes sense to me. I know I keep saying that, but I, it does. It right. is something when my friends tell me that. And I think that a lot of things 
when we try to build these stories around them. I felt this in therapy too, where I'd be like, I don't feel like I can tell you certain things because it's not bad enough or it's not. But sometimes things that are still, they're traumatizing, they seem smaller, but they're still really traumatizing. Right. And you can't control why that is in your brain. Um, It's still, the the fact is, it did still have an impact Mm -hmm. on you. Agreed. Agreed. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, clearly we could keep going and going. (laughs) Perhaps we'll return for a whole episode in the future. Ooh. Yes. So we are continuously talking about how science was sexist in the way uh, that it was researched and the exclusion of women altogether in many of the scientific research, including within the mental health profession, But um, changes are occurring within the field as we continue to have new updates in the DSM. So we will definitely be watching as Dr. Ryan continues to talk about PSD and the effects it has on the community. In the meantime, listeners, we would love to hear your thoughts. You can email us at stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast or on Instagram at Stuff I Never Told You. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Thank you, Christina. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. <laughs> 